Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez. It's Thursday, February 8th, 2024. We're getting there. Yeah, you are. Hey, man. I got to, I got to, but I got to remember, I got to. It could be short-lived because yesterday we got through the show and then we uh, recorded eight player interviews with different Chiefs players. We'll play four of them today and four of them tomorrow. And I, my voice was struggling because a couple of players are having trouble hearing me over the phone. And so then I said, screw it, blow it out. And, you know, I spoke as loud as I could. And then... I went uh, at a, uh, a long lunch meeting where I had to speak. I didn't have to talk in front of anyone, but I had to I had to converse with people. Um, and by by the time that was over, and I got home like at around uh, three. The, it was gone. The voice was gone. And I said, oh, boy, I did too much. I pushed it. You know. And so then I shut it down the rest of the night. And I felt like before I went to bed, I tried to talk a little bit. I felt, I felt okay, all right. Just, you know, give myself a couple more of these treatments with, the, with my little trusty sidekicks here. Voice 37 in my... I need propolis soothing throat spray with raw honey and the uh, apple cider. You sound vinegar. about 90%. Yeah. You sound like you're getting there. I think by by Super Bowl Sunday you're going to be you're going to be a full participant. But I'm not like I'm um, this is I'm not I'm going to try not to talk loud or yell. I'm just going to Yeah, just cruise on the highway. He's yeah. into it. Cruise on the highway. It's yeah. like when you pull a hammy, you know, you don't just go back to full sprints right off the bat. You, you know, yeah, go to medium pace for a while. It has been at least medium the last pace. couple of days I've been able to. Yeah, Glad <laughs> you guys like yeah. uh, uh, It just feels like I swallowed glass, you know. Uh, so I just, it, because it, when it gets, I start to lose it, it hurts really bad. So that that's a pretty good indicator. Um, but here we go. We'll take it out for a spin and see how uh, how long it lasts. Got lots of stuff to talk about today, lots of people to talk to. We're going to have Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, who covers the Chiefs. He's uh, in Las Vegas. He's going to be with us earlier than normal. He's going to be with us in uh, the 7 o'clock hour, and that will allow him to go and do his interviews and do his work out in Vegas. And so Jesse in the 7 o'clock hour... Uh, and, and normally at 7.30 we have Adam Kaplan. Adam Kaplan is going to go later. He's going to go at 9.05. It's a little bit of a flip-flop there. Jesse Newell in the 7 o'clock hour, and then Gary Dieter and Anthony Sherman in the 8 o'clock hour. Gary Dieter will be on uh, the phone because, uh, well, we, we have no idea why, so he'll just be on the phone. And then uh, Anthony Sherman will will be here. He has to take his kids to school, so he'll be a few minutes late. That's acceptable. Uh, Dieter on the phone is not, so we'll figure that out. Unless he has a better excuse. Super Bowl week, yeah. he's he's mailing it in, huh? He's right. phoning it in. I asked Jake, Jake, I don't know. 
Yeah, so whatever. Adam Kaplan at 9.05 will uh, be with us. And then Todd Lebo will join us live from Radio Row in Las Vegas, where he's been covering the Chiefs all week long. I mentioned we did some interviews with some Chiefs players. Yesterday, we spoke to Felix Enyudiki Uzama, Nick Bolton, Rishi Rice, Creed Humphrey. We talked to Trey Smith. We talked to Justin Reed. We talked to Noah Gray. And we also uh, chatted with Kadarius Tony, which will be played many times on this show. I think we have enough time to play the whole interview, though? Yeah, probably. There's a good lead-up story to it. I have to set the... Uh, Set the stage for that. So. <laughs> I thought it was the best interview we did all day. Yeah, well, I just—it's so lengthy. I don't know if we have time. You guys knocked it out of the park. <sighs> Both of y'all. So there's a couple of clips that I sent Jake that uh, that I want to play eventually, but there's two of them that have to do with Eric Bieniemy because I thought that was—I uh, thought that was fascinating that Eric Bieniemy had a chance to speak to the team before the AFC Championship game. And before, you know, people started to get wild in my mentions on X. and uh, He he was still under contract with Washington, and uh, this there's going to be a fine, and there's gonna maybe a loss of draft picks. Like, you think the Chiefs are that stupid to do that? No. Um, although they did lose the draft pick tampering with uh, Jeremy Macklin, so maybe I should bite my tongue. That was a long time ago, though. But no. Uh... Eric Bieniemy, by several reports, had permission from Washington to do this. And Washington had no plans to keep him anyway. Dan Quinn had no plans to keep Eric Bieniemy, And so uh, it has been reported that Washington gave Eric Bieniemy permission to come and speak to the, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs before the AFC Championship game. And so um, let's play the... Uh, the Nagy clip that I sent you uh, that was posted uh, on Sports Radio 810's social media pages because that was the first question I think that we all had. Huh. Wonder what uh, current offensive coordinator Matt Nagy thinks about that, about them bringing in former offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy to speak to the team. Um, I, I was curious about it. And so... Um, here, Matt Nagy addresses the fact that Eric Bieniemy spoke to the team before the AFC Championship game. Be, uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy for him and, and what the experience that he was able to have uh, this year in Washington. And it's a unique experience. You know, when you leave Kansas City and you go to another place, I mean, I, I did it. I went through it as a head coach. And, you know, you're, you're, you're teaching a, a new offense to new people, new players. And um, But, again, we all love E.B. He's, he, uh, he did such a great job when he was here. And I remember the first day uh, E.B. and I were here in 2013 together and all the years we spent together just talking ball, talking life. So uh, it was good. What was his message to the guys? For that game? Uh, just just, just uh, seeing guys and just saying, what's up to him and being around him and, uh, you know, just a familiar face that we all know. Oh, Todd trying to stir the pot there. What was the message? Todd, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, you think he was just saying what's up to the guys? Yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Good luck. How's everybody doing? Right. Hey, how's family? Get after it. <laughs> okay, so here, uh, here's James Palmer uh, from NFL Network. He had a uh, report about this. Um, that uh, when Eric Bieniemy got up in front of the offense the day before the AFC Championship game, 
he uh, talked to them and went through the install of a play. And so here is James Palmer with what he says is the inside scoop on EB's visit to the Chiefs and its impact. That old friend, Andrew, is Eric Bieniemy, who was the offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders, remember, this past season, left the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the night before the AFC title game in Baltimore, um, my understanding is he drove up, went to the team hotel, met with the offensive side of the ball. Now, there was a play, I was told, up that they were going over. And Eric Bieniemy went up. It was an old play. Kind of went through the install with the offense for old time's sake with the entire group. And Patrick Mahomes told us that there were kind of some chill bumps with guys in that room with Eric Bieniemy back in front of them. He said it's just you can feel him and feel his presence when he's in a room. And I had a long conversation with Marquez Valdez-Scantling about EB, and he told me, you know, last year, you know, maybe at times you kind of tuned him out a little bit. All the yelling. He yells at everybody from Andy Reid down to the janitor. But when he was back in that that room that night, I kind of got the feeling that I, I missed it, and I took it maybe for granted. And I bring this all up because remember the issues that this Chiefs team had at points of this season, whether they were pre-snap penalties, whether they were alignment issues. And I had a number of people late in the season in the building, Andrew, tell me that their thought is if EB was with this team, some of those things, that attention to detail type of stuff, wouldn't happen. So having him maybe back in the building before the AFC Championship game, maybe a little bit of a restart, a little bit of an of what he always brought, and maybe fine-tuned a couple things helping out this team as they head out into the Super Bowl. Well, James, I'm glad that some people told you that towards the end of the season because, uh, I mean, how many times have I freaking said that this year and asked Sherm and Gary Dieter and different guests about that right when these mental errors and mistakes started to happen. And look, hey, we all have sources, right? Um, you know, I'm not as dumb as I look. How could I be? Uh, I talk to people. I mean, that, 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 that feeling was, that feeling was there. That feeling was evident. And it, it's not, <laughs> that, that's, that's, no insult to, you know, Nagy or the current coaching staff or Andy Reid or anybody else. It's more of a, of a compliment to Eric Bieniemy. I think. Eric Bieniemy. I mean, you just, all you got to do is listen to Sherman Dieter, two guys that played for him every week. This has been a talking point since, since the middle of the season or before. He was a disciplinarian. In a game of good cop, bad cop, many times he was bad cop. He was the guy that is. I thought the, him him telling us what MVS said. I think that was very accurate. You know, he was that guy that you know he kept yelling at you about this and kept yelling about that and lining up correctly or you didn't do this right or you didn't do that right and you hear it so much. And you get yelled at so much, sometimes you could you could tune it out, you know. Um, but what you don't realize is he's the guy that's making you cross all the T's, dot all the I's, the perfectionist that's making you do all the little things that maybe another coach doesn't. Or maybe, look, in just in everyday life, we have days where we're not 
as energized as others. We have days where we all do, where we maybe go through the motions, you know, some of us more than others. Uh, but in, 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 okay, like for instance, I, I don't have a whole lot to compare it to, right? But I can compare it to when I used to fight. Okay. Some fighters don't like it when their trainer's overbearing or when their trainer's on their ass and very demanding of them and constantly on their ass about their footwork or constantly, like with me, uh, you know, dropping my hands, right? Or, or, you know, when I snap a jab out there and not bringing it back and bringing it back too low, okay? And I get tired of hearing it, but I need I needed somebody to constantly be on me mm-hmm. and to be yelling at me about the little details that I'm not always thinking about or yelling me about my footwork, you know, or yelling me about this or that, or, or especially because I, uh, I was a poor defensive fighter, right? You know, I like to hit, get hit, let's see who lasts longer. You know, that's fun. Um, well, you know, that's why I didn't last long. Um, but but I, I needed that, and I fought with, tra- you know, some trainers that that weren't like that, and it just, we, didn't, we didn't mesh, and it did, it, it, I... They didn't get the best out of me. I needed someone like that, like an Eric enemy, to, you know, to, someone to cuss at me, someone to yell at me, to make me feel like, you know, I'm with my dear old dad. Someone to, that's, <laughs> that's how you get the best out of me. It's not the same with every fighter, you know? Like, Jake, I'll give you an example. Ryan Garcia needs his ego stroked and talked to softly, and, oh, mijo, you're doing everything right. The first time you try to correct him or if you know like when he went to fight in Canelo's gym with Canelo's trainers they were on his ass and they told him okay there's not going to be any Instagram here there's not going to be this there's not going to be that when you're going to work your ass off and he didn't like it he thought he was being mistreated when he was actually with uh, a, a training staff and a group of people that were going to get the best out of him but he didn't want to go through that he, he wasn't about that life there are certain players not all of them not not all 53 guys, not however, however many guys, including the practice squad, they probably didn't all love the way EB coached, okay? But I bet there's there's a group of them that needed a coach like that, that needed him to be like that, and he got the best out of them. Not not, not everything's the same, right? Not all not all players respond the same to the to to one type of coaching or the other. But it sounds like MBS did. And I bet if you think about it, you can go down a, a list of players that would have benefited from EB being there. And so when we talk about that, and when we've talked about that, I get emails, you know, quit talking about Eric Bien, I mean, it's ridiculous. These guys are professionals. You guys think that he, you know, you, they need a coach yelling at him about, yes, sometimes you do, about the little things, about the details. Because that's what separate. they're all, hey, all these players in the NFL are great. All these players, compared to the average person, are super talented athletes, and 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 what they do physically, or it's incredible. It'll blow your mind, right? They're all gifted, right? They're all gifted, but not all of them can be coached and handled the same way. And sometimes you need a certain type of guy to get the best out of them. And for some players on the Chiefs, they benefited from that coaching style. And then and look, that's all right. That's just, that's just that's just what works for you, and so I loved hearing that. I feel like uh, 
I don't know. I feel like that backs up what we've been saying for months. Hundred percent. What we've talked about, and and would it would it have been the cure all for everything? No. Would there have been fewer mistakes and fewer mental errors? I think yes, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for what Eric Bieniemy's role was here and the job that he did here. Well, in your opinion, it's not it isn't just you pulling something out of your rear end. It's like you said, it's an educated opinion. You talk to people. We talked to people who played for Eric Bieniemy. I talked to Jake about half an hour ago. And, That's right. and there you go. Um, I heard it said that coaching is getting someone to do something they don't want to do so that they can become what they want to become. And I thought that's a great way of putting exactly what you're talking about. You know, sometimes you don't want to have that attention to detail. Sometimes you don't want to do the extra rep. One of the things that Sherman Dieter talked to us about was every single play, you have to finish and run all the way to the end zone, even if the play started at the 10-yard line. And if you don't, EB was going to be all over you. You didn't want to do that. But he made you do that because that was going to get you where you wanted to be, which was to be a champion. And you now I think we, we we focus on the yelling part. That's his that's his communication style. But there's 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 different ways to communicate intensity. Uh, Bill Snyder was not a yeller, but Bill Snyder was absolutely unwavering on the fact that you had to be on your P's and Q's, the attention to detail was important, and it wouldn't be tolerated if you did anything less than that. He was stoic. He, he understood. It, the, the communication style was different, but the result was the same. I mean, EB, yeah, he's a yeller. You know, some people don't like that. Some people do. But obviously the ones that can take it are champions. Well, you I, know? I hesitate to bring this back, but, uh, well, Frank, it sounds like Eric would be the enemy. That's good. He was waiting. He was waiting yeah. for ten minutes to drop that. Wasn't he? Not bad. But there's a certain. Uh, well, just you got my home saying that they get goosebumps. Yeah. You know, and you there's a reverential tone when you hear from certain players and they talk about being. Well, and and so just listen to what they say. You don't have to listen to us. Listen to what the players say. Yeah. Listen to what Sherm says. Listen to what Gary Dieter says. They've been telling you this all. Year yeah. long. Well, he was part of the system, and the system was successful. And then you take that piece of the system out; it's it's uncomfortable. And so you, you saw some of that early. I think it's just a different. He was it's the red ass, right? But you no know. one, I you know, who knows? We're not in there, but didn't seem like anybody stepped into that role. I mean, just from like you could tell how fiery Eric Bieniemy was on his weekly press conference I, and, and, and talking to people. There's. <clears throat> There's some coaches that try to be that, but you you can tell it's not genuine. Yeah. And they're like, they, oh, all right. Yeah, it doesn't work. That's the enemy. Right. Yeah. That's who that's, he yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's authentic him. I, I, like, I remember the first time I interviewed him when he was a running backs coach. I mean, he didn't yell or cuss at me. <laughs> but he got he's right in my face and, like, super intense, super eye contact. Like, just, just like, in, like, in. Tense, you know, yeah. and he did. He did cuss a little bit. I, I, did. I think did I, I remember. I remember <laughs> you, know? you talking about him like way back when. Like and he I, was doing drills with the porta potty. Yeah, oh, and yeah. he's like he's all over these guys. Right. And, and I, and <laughs> oh, that I, was I remember, a great drill. Yeah, but like you know, it, it, but you would talk to him, and he just he had this. I don't want to say glow, but you you would ask him about that drill or ask him about a certain player that he loved. I remember like I asked him about. Um, Spencer Ware, you know, he, he always liked to talk about guys 
that were six or seventh round picks or undrafted free agents that have made the team because of hard work because that's what he was and he wanted to, you know he really he, he, he his eyes would light up but he'd get real super intense and I remember like after just like a little face to face three or four minute interview with him off on the side of the field like let's go I want to go you know yeah I want to crack somebody come on you know well and there's that, there's that old old school I idea of a yeah. I shouldn't say that I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> Hey, as long as you get that jab, yeah, you know, like, you know, bring that jab. How you back felt? Yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he be. He. I think that's what what Patrick Mahomes was talking about. Yeah. Well, like, the is his his aura in the in the if he walks into a room. There's people like that in, in life. Yeah. Well, they just they just get get you fired up. Yeah, and, and a couple things to that. Number one, you could talk about the old school idea of the the mean coach, the hard coach that that's tough on the guys. There's no question you can uh, from all the guys we've talked to and listening to Travis Kelsey talking everything. He clearly loves the players, right? He's not just yelling at them all the time. He also puts his arm around them. He clearly cares about them. When they when we saw him and Kelsey get into it on the sideline, they're also then quick to give them each other a hug later. Oh, you guys didn't watch Hard Knocks, but when the Dolphins went to play the Commanders, like they showed him and Tyreek after the game. I mean, it was. I mean, like there was. There was genuine care. You can you can just see that kind of stuff. Yeah. We'll go back and read some of the tweets uh, Tyreek made about about the enemy. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, so yeah, yeah, to, yes. to what you're talking about, Nate, like those, the, you could see genuine compassion between two men. Like, yeah. hey, man, how, great seeing you. It's been you know it been a long time since they'd seen each other, and they caught this on on NFL Films with with Hard Knocks, and it was like wow, like that, like. That's a side of you know of, of the enemy that you know you don't you don't get to see that often, you know you you know you hear about the hard ass but you're like man that guy really cares about that guy. And and one of the things to back up your point about the fact that we didn't really see any evidence of a coach stepping into that role was how many times publicly we saw Andy Reid have to step into that role this year. You know remember when he, when, when Travis Kelsey slammed the helmet down on the sideline and the the equipment. Managers trying to carry the helmet back to Kelsey, and Andy Reid goes over and is like blocking yeah, it. it out. He's like Dikembe Mutombo, you know. <laughs> don't give him his helmet back, and then he's you know he he, he chest bumped Travis Kelsey. Like you don't see Andy Reid do that, but it was like he had to step into that role because there just wasn't a person. It didn't appear from the outside and from everybody we talked to, there just wasn't a person who that natural, you know, characteristic was there. So I, I got a kick out of that. I thought it was I thought it was great. That he drove up there and spoke to the team, the team hotel, um, before the game. I think it's uh, a great statement about how they feel about him and and what he still means to this organization. And I don't care what he did in Washington. It doesn't matter that you know whether he gets a head coaching opportunity or not. None of that takes away from what he helped accomplish with his organization when he came here early on, like Nagy said in 2013, running backs coach and worked his way up to offensive coordinator. And it, it doesn't matter to me how much credit you give him, but you better give him some because he deserves it. And he did great work here. And because many players that you love – and many players that have gone out there and performed at a high level for the football team and helped this team win championships give Eric Bieniemy a hell of a lot of credit because he deserves it. 
So that was a, that was a great thing to hear yesterday. Um, hopefully they can get him out to out to Vegas for a quick talk on Saturday night, huh? Let's take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We talked to several Chiefs players yesterday, so let's get to it. Here is, and, and uh, once again, uh, we were sitting in uh, another studio right after the show. And so I apologize. My voice after the four-hour show yesterday was not in very good condition, so it was given out. But... Damn it, I play her. Let's go. It's Super Bowl week. Here is our conversation with uh, Chiefs linebacker and Super Bowl hero Nick Bolton. We're joined by Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton. Uh, Nick, this is uh, yeah, another chance at a, a Super Bowl championship, even though, even though you already have one. How excited are you for a chance to win back-to-back? Yeah, man, I think uh, I think there's a lot of excitement. I was trying to win this game. Uh, just within within our, our own team as well. Uh, we've got a lot of guys here that that's obviously had a chance to win one, but it's a lot of guys locked for muscle that haven't had that opportunity, man. So, uh, yeah, as selfless as we are, uh, we're just trying to find a way to get these guys a championship. Uh, the guys like Drew Tranquil and a couple more guys out here um, just, just, just been working real hard just to get to this opportunity, man. And so uh, we have an opportunity to win one for them guys. Uh, it'll be special, and we're going to try our hardest to do that. You know, because of different injuries, uh, you haven't had too many games where all four linebackers, the primary linebackers, have been healthy and been able to play together. So now Willie Gay's coming back. You're healthy. Tranquil's healthy. Leo's out there. You guys are a special group, but this is a big opportunity for you guys to all be out there at the same time. Hasn't happened too often this season. Yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah, getting everybody healthy, man. Got a couple extra weeks uh, in between the last game we played and uh, getting the Super Bowl, man. So, yeah, we're going to need everybody, man. It's going to take all 11, uh, especially our linebacker room, all four of us uh, that we have available. And then uh, if somebody goes down uh, with, uh, with the opportunity to rise, uh, those guys have been, been working their butts off to, to get an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl as well. So, yeah, man, I think it's a credit to the coaching staff, man, that are just getting us ready, getting us prepared, man. And uh, we're excited for the opportunity, man. Again, it's an it's a opportunity of a lifetime. I don't have a lot of people, I guess, uh, in our room that's actually had to play uh, all four guys. And so uh, we're feeding off each other, man. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting, man. It's good to see everybody healthy, uh, God willing, and uh, just hope we finish out this game the same way. Hey, you're one of the the rare people on planet Earth who knows what it feels like to score a defensive touchdown in the Super Bowl. How many times have you envisioned that moment in your mind since then? And are you are you picturing yourself doing that again on Sunday? Yeah, man. Ultimately, man, I'm just trying to find a way to any way possible to help our team win. Uh, whether it be touchdown or, or maybe even before the turnover or blocking for somebody else to score a touchdown. Uh, any way, any way possible, man, I'm trying to find a way to just uh, scrap and claw to get this win. Uh, I want to do it. So, uh, yeah, I've really been focusing in on just uh, one particular play, man. Just uh, I understand how this game goes, man. It's a compound, a lot of little things that that kind of affect the end of the game. And so, uh, yeah, we're trying to focus in on that and our alignments, assignments, and keys. And uh, let's give a chance at the end that if it comes down to it, I'll be able to execute that. Nick, this defense is on a historic run. You're the green dot. You're the leader. At what point, was there a certain point this season when you realized that, that this defense could be special? Yeah, I knew all the way back in training camp, man. Um, I said it in an in in interview that I had that we have the ability to be a, a top 10 defense at least. Um, uh, and I just attested to the guys uh, working uh, day in and day out. A lot of them young guys uh, uh, stepped up, man. And uh, you can see that they're... they're that grows over the off season, and then um, also we got a lot of veteran guys coming in. I play a lot of football, a lot of different places, and I'm um, just bringing that knowledge to our defense. 
And I could just tell by training camp, man, I'm able to fly around and communicate and, and talk about what each other's sees and I'm able to play off with each other. I think it was, it was a pretty beautiful thing to watch when we were out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a testament to the guys of what they've been doing and, and, and all the back work that you put in. And hopefully that one day it'll pay off. And, uh, yeah, man, put us in this position for sure. I mean, top ten's one thing. You guys, you can make the case you're the best defense in the entire NFL. Um, it does. Did you think you could be that good? Uh, yeah, honestly, man, I kind of kind of felt like uh, it was kind of up to us, man. Uh, last year we had a couple of explosive plays and stuff that we watched in the offseason that we feel like um, if we would have made plays on like six or seven more plays uh, throughout the season, uh, we had a chance to change the, the, the narrative of our defense. And then, uh, yeah, man, I think we got a lot of aggressive minds on, on, on defense uh, coaching staff, man, and we started heating people up a little bit, a little bit more this year. Uh, Chris, is uh, uh, in, in terms of just dominance, has always been there, but his sack's a little bit down. But uh, you can tell the group of D-linemen up around him uh, generated more sacks, man. That's helped us out a lot in the back end. Uh, been able to match coverages and uh, yeah, man. I think it's just a, a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, I've had a feeling that we could be very uh, top five or, or top one in this league, and uh, yeah, came down to us trying to execute each game plan every single week and uh, just not getting ahead of ourselves. And uh, the long season, uh, we had a lot of a lot of great teams we played against, and uh, it was, they presented great challenges for us. So. I'm glad we end up on the other side of it uh, with wins and uh, top defense. And Nick, before we let you go, for if, if for anyone out there that's a Mizzou fan and a Chiefs fan, this is like a dream season. Mizzou wins the Cotton Bowl. Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Let's go, baby. Football in the state of Missouri. Come on. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's exciting, man. Uh, I'm glad to see those guys down in the Mizzou, man, doing their thing. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how we, how we keep going trending forward. Because Drink was doing a great job with those young guys. And uh, we've got the transfer portal as well. And uh, that's the Bob and Tom, man. It's the way to win football games, man. So, uh, yeah, man, from Chiefs Kingdom to Missouri, man, M-I-Z. Hey, M-I-Z, good luck on Sunday. Score another touchdown, baby. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's Nick Bolton, Super Bowl hero. It's going to be times two coming up on Sunday. Navy you game. Calm down a little bit, man. I'm about to scared. lose your voice I again. Feel, I don't need this voice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cotton ball in the Super Bowl. I don't need no damn voice. Said it, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. I need a voice. It was it was rough. <laughs> I was getting to it. I'm doing the best I can, people. I'm you sorry. You started getting fired up about that whole Missouri thing. Well, I was, it just is. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Doing some fist pumping. Right. Pumping. You got your M-I-Z out of him, all right? Yeah, that's that's a common occurrence whenever I see him. <laughs> Hard to imagine. No. One day I was trying to I was trying to get him to go down and be, be the defensive coordinator. So I think he's got he's got other things on. But he's mind. busy. He's busy. Maybe someday. You know, hey, it's been it's hey, it's been a hell of a season, man. It's been a hell of a season for all the football fans around here. Football's good. It's not over yet. Football's fun. This kind of football is. All right, let's uh, let's hear from Rasheed Rice. It's fun to watch this kid play wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, who's now the number one wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's uh, our conversation with Rasheed Rice. Hey, Rasheed, congratulations on getting to the Super Bowl, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Well, hey, what's this experience like for you going through the craziness of Super Bowl week? Um, honestly, uh, it's a cool experience. There's a lot of media going on, but nothing too overwhelming just because everybody else has to do it. And, you know, we just got to continue to stay focused on the main thing, which is, you know, showing up on Sunday. I mean, you've turned in to, to the number one wide receiver for this football team. What's this been like for you, this journey beginning, you know, at training camp all the way to where you are right now? 
it's been a it's been a journey. Uh, you know, uh, it's been a long season for me, but you know, me being me, uh, I like to be good at everything I do. I, I love the game of football, and you know, the beginning the beginning of the of the year for me, you know, training camp was a little hard, but you know, I never give up, and the guys around me never give up. So it's easier for me to you know focus and become you know as great as I want to be. Uh, I remember interviewing you at, at MVS's celebrity softball game, and you talked about how excited you were to play with Patrick Mahomes, and then he walked on the field, and you were kind of jumping up and down. What's it like to be his teammate and to grow with him and to ultimately become one of his go-to guys? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, everybody's excited, you know, when Pat comes around. Uh, I love Pat. That's, that's my big bro. Um, he's there for me as, as much as I'm there for him on and off the field. So we're just going to continue to, you know, build a relationship. And, you know, as great as he's going to be, as, as great as I feel like I'm going to be, because I'm not going to do anything but, you know, get him on the same page as Pat uh, as much as I can. Now you mentioned this being a long season for you. Usually we hear about guys hitting the rookie wall, but it seems like at that time you just got better and better and better as the year went on. How did you do that? Um, I did that by, you know, coming into work every day. Uh, a lot of the guys, you know, we, we all got to show up and be the same people in, in, in practice and in the game, even in the meeting rooms. So just having the, same, the, the guys around me with the same energy and, and no bad, you know, uh, just no bad body language or anything like that. Being able to just show up to work because you know you worked your whole life to get to this point. So you know why come playing now? Hey man, that that first press conference up in St. Joe, you had to talk about throwing up on the field. <laughs> now you're just throwing up big numbers. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's changed, but now I mean you're a couple of days away from playing in the freaking Super Bowl. How excited are you? Uh, I'm more than excited. I'm honestly I'm blessed. Uh, you know I'm. I'm Born in North Philadelphia, a lot of people don't even go to college, you know, where I'm from or, or, or can't even complete high school. So, you know, I'm grateful, obviously, for my grandma to move me to Texas and be able to start this for me. I don't think if I would move to Texas, I would even, you know, love the game of football as much. And, you know, Pat probably wouldn't have thought I was a dog. You know, he said I went to high school in Texas. I'm pretty sure that has some connection. <laughs> you're, like, you're like the fresh prince of Kansas City, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call me that. I might take that. The Let's go. Prince. That might be a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that might be a T-shirt. The fresh prince. The fresh hey, prince. Hey, Ooh, hey. I like that. <laughs> hey, the 49ers used to have Jerry Rice, but now the Chiefs got Rasheed Rice. Yeah, go show yes, out. On, hey, show yes, out on sir. Sunday. Get in that end Thank zone. You. All right? Appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, thanks, Rasheed. All right. That was uh, Chiefs wide receiver Rasheed Rice. So there you go. How about that? The Fresh Prince was raised in West Philadelphia and moved to Bel Air, but you know, Rasheed Rice, North Philadelphia. He'll take it. To Kansas City, Texas first. Whatever. He'll take it. He liked it. <laughs> Let's, uh, you want to take, take a break? You sure? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we got we got to make sure we have enough time to get Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a break. Yeah, we need to. You know, there was Nick Bolton in schedule here. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio eight ten WHP. Okay, here's a couple of more interviews that we did. Here is Chiefs rookie who should have. Well, he's been inactive in the playoffs, so he'll have an increased role and could end up making uh making an impact. That would be great to see. Uh, defensive lineman Felix Anudiki Uzama was also uh, one of the players who called in and uh, spoke with us yesterday. So here's that interview. Obviously, Felix, 
uh, you know, nobody wanted to see a many of you go down with injury, but Spags has said it, Andy Reid said it. This is an opportunity for you to step up in the Super Bowl and have a chance to make a real impact. Uh, what's it been like for you preparing mentally to get ready to play in your first Super Bowl? Um, like a, my coach just told me, just take it like it's a regular game, regular preparation. Um, no harp too much into the moment. Um, yes, although like Charles who got um, down and injured like that, and it's sad to see because he was uh, he was having a great year and he had made a, made a big play against the um, Ravens. But then in the day, um, it's uh, another man goes down, is next man up mentality. So it's um, it's w- what I'm willing to uh, take apart. Boy, when when I'm I think back to you walking around Kansas City on draft day, wondering what was going to happen, not knowing you were going to get picked by the Chiefs at that time. If somebody went back to that day and told you, "Hey, man, by the way, this is going to be you in the Super Bowl doing interviews," what would you have said? Um, honestly, I would have said I believe. Obviously, I'll believe it because Kansas City Chiefs goes to the Super Bowl. Like, it's not a it's not a new thing. It's not like a. What do you call that? Like, uh, they're not new to it. So yeah. it's, it's a possibility of them going to Super Bowl every year. So if somebody told me that, I'll be like, okay, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, and I'll be like, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy because I grew up in, in Kansas City. Uh, as me growing up in Kansas City, not knowing that our, uh, this organization would be having these much Super Bowls, this much success until my later years. So it's just, it's just, it's a crazy experience to be a part of. What, what, what's this week been like for you with the interviews and everything else that goes along with it since this is your first Super Bowl experience? Uh, it's been crazy. It's been hectic. Um, I would say just I'm taking it all in. Um, this is this is a dream that everybody would want to have in their whole lifetime. So it's just, it's better it's best to take the moment in, enjoy why uh, you have it because obviously this doesn't last forever. Hey, you're one of the guys on the team that knows a thing or two about Brock Purdy. Uh, you, you you giving a scouting report to your teammates. What, what impresses you about him going back to the college days? Yeah, I just know. I just remember in college he always did a little pump fake and. Uh, and it always got people, so I just know that uh, people will be prepared for that. <laughs> if you can, but other than that, he he beat he beat us and uh, he beat K State sadly, but. <laughs> But see, this could be the ultimate revenge. So maybe if you do sack him in the Super Bowl, drop a little emo on him or something like that, you know? Emo, yeah. I'm right. Have to. <laughs> right. I'm have to. And yeah. So, and so just, just before we let you go, you know, getting ready for this in preparation, uh, what's this been like out there with on the practice field? I know you guys were in pads and out in the rain one day this week. How do you feel physically as you get ready for the Super Bowl? I don't feel physically. I feel physically great. Um at the end of the day, like I said, it's just a, like a, treated like another regular season game. Um, preparation has been great, uh, especially with Fags, because we always tr- we always trust him. He could to put us in the best situation to be a complete defense. So, yeah, preparation has been great. Anybody you want to shout out back in Kansas City while we got you? Uh, shout out my parents, my mom and dad. Shout out to my siblings. <laughs> Vanessa Destiny Slow Team. And yeah. How many how many tickets did you have to get for uh, friends and family out there? Uh five. Just my just my family. All right, so you, you know what you're straight that right. hey, you know what? Rep Kansas City on the big stage, go get a sack and then bring back that trophy to Kansas City. Oh yeah, for sure. Go back in that parade too. That's right. We'll see you on there. Hey, thanks Felix. We appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you. Parade if it happens will be on Valentine's Day. What do you think of that? Well, also Ash Wednesday. Right. But uh, for the businesses in the area, that's kind of tough 
because um, there's probably a lot, you know, a lot of restaurants and things like that, that that would be booked up on Valentine's Day. I don't know how that works with the tra- traffic and all those things. I hope they can still make their money and do all that stuff. But um, otherwise, fine. You know, people can. It'll be over early, but everyone will be yeah. hammered. So yeah, make some babies on Valentine's Day, Chiefs oh. babies. You know, right. I mean, first world problems. Got to plan another parade. <laughs> yeah. I wish it wasn't on Valentine's Day, but I'll take it yeah. if I can get it. Yeah. Whatever. We'll make it work. Yeah. All right. So this is this is what happened here. So <clears throat> we have someone there, and they ask us, hey, do you want Kadarius Tony? Okay, great. As you can tell, my voice was, was struggling. So we were alternating who starts the interview off. And so... At this point, my voice is about ready to go. And so I told, I said, okay, you start it. Ask one or two, and then I go. And while you're doing that, I'm over here drinking my tea and spraying the honey spray in my throat. So get ready. So then I figure, okay, I got about a minute and a half. Nate will ask a question, get an answer, maybe a follow-up, and then I, my voice will be ready for my question. Mm-hmm. It never got to that point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I had to step in and uh, stop the fight, basically, yeah. because it was going nowhere. But hopefully you'll enjoy this as much as we enjoy being part of it. Um, I thought that I would uh, get a chance to ask a follow-up question as I was preparing my voice. It just didn't happen. But you know what? This will go down in the in the uh, history books for the Border Patrol. Here is Nate's conversation with Kadarius Tony. All right, thanks for the time, man. Hey, congratulations on getting back to the Super Bowl. First of all, everybody wants to know how you're feeling right now uh, as you try to get ready for this game. I'm good. You uh, you back in practice full-time and full-go and all that? Uh, yeah. All right, so how excited are you for the chance to get to get on the field again, especially knowing what you went through last year? I'm good. All right, man. Well, good luck on Sunday. We appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry, I had to step in. <laughs> I just stopped the fight. Well, I was I was prepared to ask him Were you? if he was good. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Kadarius, are you good? Yeah. I'm good. Uh, yeah. How excited are you? I'm good. So... <laughs> Do you guys have any issue with me just stepping in there and say, "Okay, hey, thanks, Kadarius"? No, that, I was, I was, uh, I was wondering how long I was going to need to keep trying I to. Should, get... I should have, you know. <laughs> I was. Like I told you. I, I told you. I said I need a minute or two. Yeah. To get my voice right. Yeah. And uh, it appeared that you were going to have to ask fourteen questions to give me that minute <laughs> or two. So I went ahead and said, "Okay, we're good." I was going to have to come up with like one of those patented long Nate questions just right. to. Uh, yeah. Just to get that answer. Yeah, well. Hey, he agreed. I'm good. He, I mean, I asked him if he was feeling all right, you know, if he was full participant in practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. We just had to, you know, because we wanted to move on, you know, we, after that we still had, I think, three or four more interviews, and so. Oh, yeah, we said good ones. Justin Reed. Uh, yeah. We wasted enough time there. Creed so Humphrey. Step in there. Yeah. I'm good. Trey Smith was great. Yeah, tomorrow we'll play uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Justin Reed, and Noah Gray. Uh, yeah. 
He was happy to talk to us. I think. Any, any, uh, uh, yeah. Jake, any reaction to what Kadarius Tony had to say? Yeah. I'm mad at myself for not just saying, hey, Kadarius, are you good? What do you think he would have said? I'm good. You know the answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Is it me? Is it me? Do I have, does that, I don't know. You know? Uh, yeah. That, uh, Once he got on the phone, he realized it, it was like, oh, this little son of a. I had to, I had to, uh, yeah. I had to throw the towel in right there. That was it. Fight's over. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I think you, you, you did me a favor. Here's the deal. I didn't make it as far as Leon Spinks well, in that one. I uh, I have a bunch of new drops Michael. now. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Kadarius Tony's good. I'm good. He's good. So that's... I'm good. So we did get some information there. So. Breaking news. That, that, that At least that much we know. We'll be back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHP. I'm good.